This is Financial Wellness Radio with Rob Burnett and Lori Gross from Outlook Financial Center. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Rob and Lori provide their clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Rob Burnett and Lori Gross on Financial Wellness Radio. Welcome to Financial Wellness Radio with me, Rob Burnett from the Outlook Financial Center. Each week we come together to discuss topics affecting your financial wellness. We try to break down complex topics to make them understandable. This show strives to give our listeners the education and tools to make sound financial decisions that are going to affect not only their lifestyle, but their retirement. And while we're at it, we'll try to have just a little bit of fun. And today is our monthly edition of Bulls, Bears, and the Stock Market Roller Coaster. So what our team's gonna look at today are recent financial markets behavior and performance. We're gonna put some historical perspective on those events and give our thoughts on what might lie ahead. So joining me in the studio today is Lori Gross, the investment advisor representative and fiduciary leading our Troy office. Good morning, Lori. Say that three times real fast. No kidding. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> and rounding out our panel, that haunting voice you heard laughing in the background is our good friend and co-host, Mr. Tony Shore. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, Rob and Lori. It's always a beautiful morning here. I was trying to tell you guys that before the show. I said, you know, it's a beautiful day and great to be here with you. I've had a great week and I, I know sometimes in the mornings we're groggy, but this is a great topic and there's a lot going on. I know we have a lot to talk about, but first, uh, Lori has been the exciting one to talk to at the beginning of the show. <laughs> she's had some amazing stories for us. Lori, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, you know, Rob mentioned that haunting voice that you that you had there in your laugh, and it made me think about the fact that I was actually, um, last weekend, the family and I went to some haunted houses because, you know, it's that time of year now, and uh, <clears throat> Amber was just asking me about it and right before the show, so I had to tell her about it. And, and if you haven't been to the Wilmington um, Haunted Hollow Ride, you should probably go out and do that if, if you enjoy that kind of thing this time of year because it's a lot of fun. But is it scary? Do they scare you? They do. Um, uh, and and I, I can't give you I can't give you any any insight into into how to get out. But they actually have one attack attraction where they they lock a member of your party into a coffin, and you have to figure out how to get them free. Oh my! Goodness. It's quite comical. <laughs> well, especially in trying. hindsight, or for the people not locked in the coffin, I yeah. would imagine. But. Uh, yeah, I'm claustrophobic, so I'm out on that one. Yeah, you'll find out in that exhibit who your friends really are. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's crazy. <laughs> well, you always have great stories. Boy, you lead an interesting life, Lori. And then you did the yoga where you hang from ribbons. Yeah, yeah. What's that um, called? It's called aerial yoga. Aerial yoga. Uh-huh. I just, I'm still fascinated by that. Uh, I'm still, that still gets me. <laughs> you should me. try it sometime. Uh, you might enjoy uh, it. <laughs> yeah, no. Nope, not going to happen. How about you, Rob? What have you been up to? Oh, well, we went off and we left Lori alone unsupervised for three days. Amber and I did. Uh -oh. We went out and uh, got some uh, marketing training. And so we're back from that and uh, just being gone for three days. Yeah, they're just things that just don't get done if you're gone for three days. So you did some traveling anywhere exciting? 
Um, no, not really. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not worth mentioning. Well, All right. We didn't get it. We, it's, the training was basically wall to wall. We didn't get out. You know, even if we would have gone to a really great place, we wouldn't have seen it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You go to a hotel. It's like, why did they have it in this tropical location? I yeah. go from the airport to the hotel to the conference room and then back home. Mm-hmm. So Exactly. Yeah. That's how it usually uh, works. Yeah, isn't it? It's crazy. So, uh, yeah, they might as well have it in, I mean, my goodness, you might as well go to Nebraska at that point. It might as well be a uh, webinar. No, I'm not making fun of Nebraska. Uh, Omaha is a great town. Uh, I'm looking forward to our conversation talking about the markets. Uh, we do this once a month, and I always find it interesting. And it's hard to believe that, you know, we're over two-thirds of the way through 2019. 75% of the year is gone. It's just flying by. But yet our markets, uh, especially this past week, they, they're unpredictable. They are unpredictable. And, and the volatility has been kind of interesting. Uh, the volatility index or the VIX, we talk about that pretty much every month because it really does give you some idea of what's going on in the market and some behaviors. It's ranged from a value of about 13 to 20. Now, 20 is an important number. That's the historical average. So when you look at that, at the beginning of the month, uh, the VIX was at 19. Then it kind of went down to 13 and right back up to 20 by the end of the month. So, you know, over the course of the month, looks like, well, really nothing was going on. Well, there really was in the last few days. It's been really getting bumpy. But still, in the context of history, it really isn't that bad. We still have the trade tensions with China. They're still having a significant impact on a lot of companies and market forces. We're starting to see some of those things reverberate within the economy. There is some hope, though. We're supposed to have, starting this uh, next week in a few days, the, the next round of trade negotiations with China. And there's some some hopefulness that we're actually going to get something done on that front, but we'll see. You go across the pond to Great Britain. Boris Johnson's still trying to get Brexit done. This has been a painful multi-year operation. <laughs> and he said in his campaign, he says, it will be done by the end of October of 2019. Uh, time's running out. And he's getting a lot of pushback from Parliament. Uh, public opinion is pretty widely, is pretty evenly split. So it's going to be interesting to see how the, all that plays out. And so Britain's exit from the European Union is still near the top of the list for a lot of uh, market watchers. And, you know, what are the investments going to look like in the inter- international world? Uh, the Federal Reserve said they were going to do another quarter point interest rate cut. They did that. The markets liked it. But enter the political theater. If you thought it was fun before, just the last month it just took off with the uh, formal impeachment inquiries, uh, the anticipated release of additional reports by the Department of Justice Inspector General and other federal prosecutors, all talking about what went on with the 2016 election. We just live in interesting times. Yeah, we do. Uh, There's so much to talk about, so little time. So where do we start? Well, Tony, I'd like to start by doing a brief overview of the market's performance for September. Now, you know, the U.S. stock market, as measured by the S&P 500, has continued to set new record highs, um, rising more than 18 percent as of the end of the third quarter. But September was relatively flat with a a 1.72 percent growth of the S&P 500. Now, for October, you know, we've had a rough start, but, you know, historically, October has been a good month. And we are approaching a presidential election campaign, which has always been a source of increased volatility due to the uncertainty in the election results. And, you know, 
How all of these recent events will play in the markets still remains to be seen. And some believe that relentless investigations and political attacks weaken our, our leadership posture on the world stage, while others, others believe that the, the less Congress does, the better. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes uh, maybe that's the case. And, and this whole roller coaster with the market it makes me a little squeamish, but it sounds like a relatively solid month. I know my 401k likes steady and smooth months. Uh, will the markets get smoother again, or is this increased volatility what we have to look forward to? Well, I believe that we can expect volatility to be more than we've become accustomed to over the past many months due to that impending election, uh, the political events both here and abroad, and the instability in the Middle East that impacts the flow of oil towards uh, world markets. And even with the increased volatility, we believe that the markets will still experience growth, but at a lower rate. Um, the U.S. economy growth for the last quarter was was reiterated at 2%, um, which was in line with expectations. Um, and U.S. pending home sales rose 1.6% in August on a month-over-month -month basis and rose 2.5% year-over-year. So the marks... Uh, this marks a, re a reversal in the the recent slump for contract signings. You know, with the the West leading the other regions uh, with a three point one percent month over month gain there. And manufacturing in the eurozone contracted uh, more sharply in September, according to the first indication, with its worst reading in nearly seven years. The flash eurozone manufacturing purchasing managers index. We have the same thing here in the U.S fell to 45.6 in September, down from 47, compared to an expectation of 47.3. Now, here's the problem with that. It's less than 50. Their manufacturing is contracting. So that's really the worry there. And you look at Germany, which is the biggest economy in the Eurozone, reported its worst figures in more than a decade. Now, Germany's been vulnerable to the to the deterioration of global conditions. And that's been drawing concerns that this export powerhouse, which Germany has become, is gonna record its second consecutive quarter of negative growth from the June to September period, which would qualify for Germany as a technical recession. Now, US manufacturing was, for August was better than expected with an initial report of 51 versus expectations of 50.3. So we're still expanding in the US, not as strongly as we were a few months ago, but we're still expanding. Wow. Whew. Uh, I need to take a breath after all that. <laughs> and I wasn't even the one doing the talking. I, I mean, there are a lot of moving parts when you try to determine where these markets are going. I'm feeling a little better, though, than I was a few minutes ago, but only a little. You know, a lot of investors are really worried about volatility and are concerned that a recession is just around the corner. And generally, more volatile markets can have a negative impact on the psyche of investors because of the perceived possibility of greater loss. The reality is there are always fluctuations in the stock market and bursts of volatility are, are quite common. And our stance is that while volatility and uncertainty can create higher concern in the short term, Investment opportunities are created by volatility that can pay off handsomely in the future. And even though the stock market has per periodic bouts of volatility over the last you know, three years, the S&P was still up over 44% during this period, despite the volatility. And another measure of volatility is the number of days of plus versus minus 1% change in the S&P 500. 
As of the end of September 2019, there have been 32 days of plus or minus 1% moves, with 13 coming in the the, the last month alone. Uh, putting that into perspective, the average move of more than 1% has been uh, 66 days per year for the last 19 years. Interestingly, though, only one year in the last seven has been above that 19-year average. And while volatility has picked up recently, this isn't about the historical norm and, and in fact, uh, has been less volatile compared to any other periods. Well, as always, there's a lot going on and great information so far. I have more questions, but they're going to have to wait until the next segment. Rob, do you have anything to add before we take a quick break here? Well, Tony, as you said, there's a lot of stuff going on in in our uh, internet fast world. 24-7 data is always out there, and it can be overwhelming, and it can be really difficult to discern what you want to go do next. So for our radio listeners today, give us a call at 937-552-9990 and start the process to receive your complimentary portfolio analysis review that's going to be personalized to your situation. Schedule a no-cost, no-obligation one-hour consultation to go over the results of the review and get any other pressing questions you have answered. Check out our website at outlookfc.com. You can click on the investment management menu and fill out your online appointment request there if you're more comfortable with that. Take a look at all the other educational resources on our website and on our Facebook page at Outlook Financial Center. Take the opportunity to review today's show and all of our other broadcasts by subscribing to, to podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. We want our clients to be aware and knowledgeable about how the investment markets are going to affect them because the goal we have ultimately for all of our clients remains the same, retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. All right, thanks, Rob. And stay tuned to listen and learn more here on Financial Wellness Radio with Rob Burnett and Lori Gross. Most people plan on taking their social security benefits at one of three ages, 62, 66, or 70. But did you know that there are over 20,000 calculations that could be run to determine the best time for you to file? Call Outlook Financial Center at 937-552-9990 or visit outlookfc.com to request your complimentary social security maximization report that will help you learn how you can get the most out of your benefit. Welcome back to Financial Wellness Radio. I'm Lori Gross from the Outlook Financial Center. And in the studio with me today is our CEO, Rob Burnett, and our co-host, Tony Shore. And this week um, is the September 2019 edition of Bulls, Bears, and Riding the Stock Market Roller Coaster. And in the first segment of the show, we discussed a quick snapshot of the market's performance for the last month and 2019 year to date. And we also talked about volatility and how it can impact the psyche of investors. Yeah, it sure can. And thanks for that recap. Uh, you know, the market's been bumpier over the past few weeks. Uh, so what's next? I mean, the ongoing political battles and the never-ending investigations, all the campaign rhetoric, it all makes me nervous and, and wondering what to do next. And I know we all want to minimize our fear of the unknown and be calm with in the face of all the market's ups and downs. You're always telling us that. Uh, but we are facing that trade war with China and the resulting tariffs there's instability in the Middle East. Of course, that's uh, been since the beginning of time, I think. Um, immigration issues and more. So how is all that going to affect the markets and our listeners? I mean, markets have been going up steadily for a long time. When is the other shoe going to drop? Well, Tony, being in a bull market that's lasted over 10 years, nerves, 
nervousness about when the market's going to finally correct is, is really pretty natural. We focus our conversations, though, around the U.S. stock market indexes, but the U.S. markets are only comprised about 56% of the world market. Developed markets comprise roughly 34% of the world market, and what we call emerging markets make up the other 10%. So what do we mean by developed markets and emerging markets? A developed market is one that has high levels of liquidity, meaningful regulatory bodies, and a high level of per capita income. So developed markets would include European countries like the uh, Great Britain, Germany, France, uh, Asia Pacific countries like Japan, Hong Kong, Australia, and New Zealand. Now emerging market definitions can be a little vague, but essentially they're countries that are in the process of rapid growth and development with lower per capita incomes. Countries that fall into the emerging markets category uh, include China, which I find just absolutely amazing to still have that designation from the World Trade Organization. Emerging huh. market countries get special consideration and, and they could do things that the rest of the, uh, the countries can't do. That's one of the things that the President Trump's railing about with China while we're having such a fight with them. China's been getting a lot of goodies for a lot of years. They don't want to give them up. I kind of don't blame them. Other, right. other countries that are emerging markets would include India, Brazil, Russia, and Mexico. Yeah, and I've heard some of those terms before, obviously, developed and emerging markets, but I, I never was clear on exactly what they meant. So I appreciate you explaining that. And I know you've talked about investing in international markets uh, previously. So how are those markets performing? Well, the recent performances you know, spread between the U.S., compared to international markets has been significant. Uh, international markets have suffered from economic challenges and geopolitical events that have hampered growth and made investors wary of, of stocks in those regions. And it's, it's our opinion that international stocks should remain underweighted relative to their global market cap, but investors should keep some allocation to international stocks. I would imagine. And how's the performance of the investment markets impacting the overall economy then? That's a great question, Tony. It, too many people believe that the markets and the economy are synonymous terms. Uh, now they're connected, they do impact one another, but let's just look at history and how they've performed during the same time period. I believe they're very different entities and they run on very different timetables. So I want to take a look at the time period of 2008. Everybody remembers 2008 and how ugly it was to 2014. Look at that six year interval as a case in point. Stock market had tanked and over the next few months, it successfully dragged down the economy with it. I think we'd all agree with that. We lived through that. The economy then went through an extended period of very low historical economic growth. The Federal Reserve lowered interest rates to nearly zero and left them there for several years trying to stimulate an economic recovery. Now, what was going on in the U.S. stock market during this time? At its lowest point, the S&P 500 hit 666.79. That was the low. By the end of 2014, it had recovered to 2058.90. So the stock market during this period of very poor economic activity had more than tripled in value but the economy is still struggling. I know, obviously, most people want to retire someday. And with all this goofiness going on in the investment markets, what should the average American with a 401k out there do to prepare for that day of retirement? 
Well, that's a really good question, Tony, especially since no one invests within a vacuum. Uh, Your investments are are affected by a plethora of volatile factors over which you have little or no control, such as inflation, political upheaval, which we're we're all dealing with right now, um, unemployment rates, and positive or negative financial news that's out there. But two things that you can control are how much money and where you invest, both of which might change significantly as you age. How you invest after you retire will likely be quite different from the way that you invest during your prime earning years. And you know the best opportunity for success is to work with a financial advisor that has a defined process that you can understand, you can monitor and track, and so that you can track your results over time. Your advisor should be one that is held to a fiduciary standard so that he or she is always obligated by law to, to place your interests ahead of theirs. And that's what you'll find working with the advisors here at Outlook Financial Center. Okay, it sounds good, but what does this process look like? Well, Tony, the process is the same regardless of your age, your current financial condition, or your financial goals. Each person is unique, but the process is exactly the same. As you walk through it, the outcomes will adjust to your age, your risk tolerance, your time horizon, and the many other personal goals and desires that you have. It's the consistency and thoroughness of the process that gives you the confidence that all your desires are being addressed, there are contingencies in place for when life throws you a curveball. And so to get to that point, the first thing you have to do is determine your current financial condition. As with any roadmap, you want to give directions to your house. One of the first questions you typically ask, well, where are you coming from? So you've got to know where you are. There's no way to map yourself to a destination if you don't know what your start point is. So financially speaking, that means you need to know how much money you have coming in, how much is going out, what your assets and liabilities are. And we start that here by creating a spending plan. We identify all your regular income from all sources and all your regular expenses subtract expenses from your income whatever left is what is your net disposable income okay now i know where i'm at and i imagine (laughs) though that it can be a difficult conversation and it might not always be pretty well you're right there tony Uh, many clients have never really looked at their spending habits to understand where their money is going Are they putting themselves in position for the retirement of their dreams? So the next thing we want to do is determine your current and your anticipated future needs. This part of your financial plan is as much art as science because no one can reliably predict the future. Um, You know, so you want to use your spending plan to determine how much money you need to live on each year and multiply that figure by the number of years that you expect to live after retirement. And according to Forbes magazine, if you retire at age 65, you can expect to live for at least another 14 years. So subtract subtract your known income sources, such as Social Security, uh, your pensions, any 401ks or IRA money from, from the amount that you need to live on during your retirement. Whatever is left is the amount of money that you must have available in your savings and investments to draw on during your retirement years. And if you don't have that much available, you'll need to produce some additional income to make up the difference or else lower your income expectations. Mm. Well, investments can play a big role in retiring comfortably and remaining comfortably retired, Rob. Uh, (laughs) Depending on a person's financial situation, investments, I know, play a large or small role 
in the overall retirement income plan that you're always talking about, right? Correct. Uh, we, we look at the stability of income sources in retirement with the goal of maximizing your guaranteed stream of income that is relatively unaffected by market volatility. Your investment plan needs to be consistent with your level of risk tolerance while best meeting your needs for growth and income. So consider that you will likely be drawing on your principal as well as any earnings, such as interest or dividends, which, um, which your investments might actually produce. And investment professionals differ on how you should invest your money over or after you retire. But many advisors advocate moving toward more conservative investments and ones that are gonna guarantee lifetime income payouts. Antonio, let me throw the wet blanket on everything. <laughs> The topic of taxes and retirement oh, is something else we got to consider. I knew you'd do it up. I you, knew you'd. You knew I was going to do leave that. Leave it to the tax you? guy. Yeah, but tax planning is not to be confused with tax evasion. Remember, tax evasion is an illegal attempt to avoid paying the correct amount of taxes you owe, usually by hiding income or falsifying tax records or making that favorite hobby of yours into a business and writing off a motorhome against it. You know, that's just those are just <laughs> dumb things that the IRS will catch you doing that. But tax planning, on the other hand. It's an attempt to pay the minimum amount of tax that you legally owe. And that's really what we strive for. Successful tax planning involves the undertaking of any series of legal actions that may help you avoid paying excessive tax. Now, the tax code allows you to voluntarily pay more than you actually owe. I don't know of anybody who's ever done that. Do you, Tony? You ever heard anybody say, nope. I'll, I'll voluntarily pay an extra $1,000 no, of taxes? No. no, of course not. But they'll take it if you do it. But here's I'm the, sure they would. Yeah, absolutely. So let's look at your investment accounts. For your investment accounts that are not in retirement vehicles like 401ks and IRAs, one of the great benefits of having a loss on your investments is you can use it to lower your taxes. If you have capital gains such as stock trades, the Internal Revenue Service allows you to offset those gains with losses. And that ability to offset gains and losses is unlimited. You know, for example, if you had $100,000 in both gains and losses, you don't pay any income tax on your gains. If your losses exceed your gains, you can take up to $3,000 of losses to offset ordinary income and carry forward any remaining losses in the future years. However, you've got to realize the losses to use them for tax purposes. What that means, you have to actually sell something and incur an actual physical loss because a loss on paper doesn't count for tax purposes. A lot of information. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Is there anything else you want to add before we go? Well, Tony, I hope our show today was educational and is going to get people to go do something with what they've learned today, because that's really the end goal here. Uh, procrastination, denial, it's not going to help you get to the retirement of your dreams. So pick up the phone, give us a call at area code 937-552-9990. Schedule that uh, no cost, no obligation, one hour consultation. Get your own personalized portfolio analysis review done. Get your questions answered so you can have that peace of mind of knowing that as you approach retirement, you're going to be able to retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. All right, that does it for today's episode of Financial Wellness Radio with our hosts, Rob Burnett and Lori Gross. Thank you for listening to Financial Wellness Radio. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Rob Burnett or Lori Gross at Outlook Financial Center. Call 937-552-9990 or visit their website at outlookfc.com. 
Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Wellness Investment Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio. Insurance products and services are offered through Outlook Financial Center, LLC. Wellness Investment Advisors, LLC and Outlook Financial Center, LLC are affiliated companies. Rob Burnett and Outlook Financial Center are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.